passions, beliefs, life stories, helpful resources for the senior living journey. Discover it all here on the People of Admir pod as we get to know our residents, employees, and partners one-on-one. I'm your host, Thomas Cloutier. Welcome to the People of Admir pod. This month, we're honoring Martin Luther King Jr. and our Life Enrichment Directors. Martin Luther King Jr. Day is celebrated on the third Monday each January, a day symbolic of uniting as a community and a nation in advocating for equality. National Activity Professionals Week is celebrated the last week of January, recognizing an incredible impact they have on our seniors. Today, we're getting to know Samantha Demchak, our Director of Sales and Outreach with the Arbor at Avenue Court in Kaiser, Oregon. Samantha entered the senior living field after caring for her mother, who lived with Alzheimer's for seven years. Samantha is a certified in Montessori lifestyle through the Center of Applied Research in Dementia and believes this is the forefront of what's coming in memory care. She has four kids, six grandkids, 11 foster animals, including dogs, cats, and even a tortoise. Welcome, Samantha. Hi, Thomas. Happy to be here with you. All right. Well, we're here to discuss a topic very personal to you which is Alzheimer's. Your mother lived with Alzheimer's for seven years. What were the first signs you noticed with your mom? Um, I, one of the very first things I remember is about her writing a check. And I said, someone said my mom had given her a, a check for $750. And I said, mom, how did you give her a check for $750? Well, I never did that. And I started noticing things like, I never did that. I never did that. And she was taking offense to everything that I said. So I did notice um, her handling of money was uh, pretty poor. And then her recall was even worse. So that's kind of what clued me in. And then once your mother was diagnosed, what what was going through your mind? That is such a, such a tough time. Yeah, it was really tough because I truly had no idea what it was. I didn't know. I was raised in a a time where it was, you know, senility or hardening of the arteries. And when we finally did get a diagnosis, of course, she did not believe it. She thought the doctor was siding with me and she was, it was just, it was very difficult um, to even hear those words because it's, you know, at that moment, your life is about to change the the everything about your life is going to change. And when you're caring for somebody with Alzheimer's, they, um, she at the very, at least ended up being very, very confrontational, very difficult, hated me, thought I was trying to do um, harm to her. That is, that is so tough. And what was your experience like in that first year navigating this, this new world with your mother? Well, we tried reaching out to um, her doctor, and unfortunately, her doctor really was not aware of Alzheimer's and the things that go along with it. So during that year, I would write letters to him so I could tell him what was going on behind the scenes, and he would fill her in that, you know, Sam sent me a letter and said she thinks you have Alzheimer's. Of course, That just made her even more angry. So I erred and then I learned and then I erred and I learned. I learned from the things that I did wrong. It was the Alzheimer's Association that finally pointed me in the right direction. And and as you said, Alzheimer's Association was super helpful. But, you know, while you're in this journey, what what resources or support from family and friends? What what really got you through this, this difficult? 
my daughter. My daughter was um, a stay-at-home mom at the time, and we lived in a big family farmhouse. So there was my dad, my mom, my three kids, my husband, and my brother and sister-in-law. So we lived in a really big farmhouse, but the, the bulk of the responsibility fell honestly on me and my daughter. My daughter learned how to repeat things over and over and over again, especially like you went to the same store, you bought the same exact thing, you didn't go to a different store. She's the She really truly is the one that got me through that, most of it. And obviously, you're in such a fitting position uh, with Admira at this organization as Director of Sales and Outreach uh, at our memory care community. So how does your personal experience with Alzheimer's affect your ability to connect and help family members seeking a home and, and a safe spot for their loved ones? My ability to connect is one of the things that I'm most proud of because you can meet somebody and have a few things in common, but I literally have been there. I was in the trenches. I have dealt with Alzheimer's. I've dealt with the good, the bad, the ugly. I've been there and I'm able to share that experience with um, family members who are right in the middle of it. And I remember thinking when I started this journey, I was like, well, I'm not joining any support groups because there's nobody like me. I am I'm an only daughter. I have three brothers who kind of were, you know, involved and, but it was really up to me and my daughter. And I can look at these families and say, I've been there. I know what you're going through right now, right at this moment. I know where you are. And I want you to know that I, I, I feel you in a way that most other people can't. So I'm able to provide them with resources and things that I learned, tips and tricks that you learn along the way to really make them feel like I absolutely care. And where I I love seniors, I couldn't be a caregiver. Caregiving is a whole nother ballgame. My passion is settling families in and letting the families know that we care, we understand, and I'm never going to just be done with them. If they have questions about Alzheimer's, even through the whole move-in process and after, I'm always happy to talk to families one-on-one and run support groups, things like that. You started a group to build relationships in the senior living industry. Tell me about this group and tell me about the inspiration behind it. Well, you know, it's a it's a tough world. The senior industry is a tough world. And if you don't know anybody, then you're kind of on your own. So after my mom passed away, a friend of mine said, why don't you get involved in the world of senior living? So I did. And I loved it immediately. But I, you know, you have to do outreach and I didn't know how to meet people. So I went and created a group that we call Better Together. And it's a group of people that are in the senior living industry, whether they're realtors or bankers or hospice or in-home care, assisted living independent living, memory care, we all get together and we realize that without one another, you can't do it. You have to have people that understand where you're coming from and you can call and say, look, I'm really having a bad day. Or, you know, God forbid you have to say a resident pass because you get so attached to these families and you know what they're going through. So this Better Together group has been going for about seven years now. And actually, I felt really proud of myself yesterday. Santi Am Hospital called me 
and someone had directed them my way. And it's a lady that I'd never met before. And she was so excited to hear of the, the resources and things that we have kind of put together through this Better Together group. And I'm looking forward to having her join the group. And that's just that just speaks to the um, people outside who say, hey, I don't know where to go. And someone can say, well, Sam started this group and it's called Better Together. And we truly are. We actually now have a podcast, the Better Together in the Mid-Willamette Valley. So there's a whole bunch of little intricate pieces to this little puzzle. I have to join your podcast next. (laughs) Yeah, I would love to have you on my podcast. Uh, Awesome. Well, you know, you did it for us. I'll do it for you then. How's that? Okay. All right. So tell us a little bit about the Arbor at Admir Court. Uh, you've been with us for a while now. Uh, you're understanding, you know, what we all have to offer here at Avamir. So tell us a little bit about the dining experience or just overall experience at the community. I will tell you that um, I have so much belief in the building that I work in. I have belief in Avamir and the way that residents are treated from the moment they come through the door. When we move a resident in, they become family and their families become family. So we're just a big family. And the group that we work with, the managers, you know, we are each other's family as well. And, you know, I meet with Brando, our our chef all the time, and we talk about food because I do believe that food is really, truly important in um, the fight against Alzheimer's. And if you're eating well and you're nourishing your body, you can perform tasks, you can take care of yourself a lot longer. And we like to see our residents do what they can for themselves. It doesn't do them any good if we're constantly doing every little thing for them. It's like living on a cruise ship. It's good for like a week. And after that, you kind of get out of my hair. So we have residents, we, you know, if they want to make their bed, happy to let them make their bed. Um, We have a resident when she moved in, she said, should I bring my vacuum? And I said, no, 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 we have a vacuum. And, you know, what is their purpose? We figure out like, what is going to give you a purpose every day? And um, that's one of the things that I love most about the Arbor is the family feel and the reason you're getting up in the morning. What is your purpose every morning? So my newest resident, hers is to sweep the dining room and that's perfect. I will never stop somebody from helping there. Exactly. Um, sure. She wanted they, cleaning rags. I about, said, well, the housekeepers will love you. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I, come to my house. We got some uh, <laughs> we got some things to help with. So that's fantastic. Well, I, I think I've shared this with you. Uh, similarly, I my father has been diagnosed about a year ago with Lewy body dementia. Um, and we're we're navigating that world. Uh, and I'm definitely gonna lean on on your expertise and advice, but it, it's it's a challenge, even being in the industry for 12 years now. Uh, it's different being on the other side of the table. Um, it helped so many people. I've worked and advocated for so many people uh, that have been experiencing this. Now it, it's hitting my family. And so my question is, uh, what's your advice to myself or those navigating the world of Alzheimer's for the first time, uh, whether oh. it's a family member or diagnosis themselves? Um, patience. Patience, patience, patience. You don't know what you don't know. 
And that's something that I tell everybody. You can't know it until you are taught it or you learn it or um, somebody helps you understand what's happening. And nothing in the world of Alzheimer's is easy. You know, my mom, um, she, I'm her only daughter. And I spent a lot of years fighting with her because I didn't understand what was happening to her. And I would highly recommend that you or anybody else entering this journey seeks a support group. Because what you learn is that everybody dealing with Alzheimer's is on the same path. You're all just at different increments in, in that area. So whether it's the beginning, and Louie body is a tough one. Louis body is a tough one. I would, I would highly encourage you to learn everything you can and also talk to um, people who have been through it and are on the other side where their loved one has passed away. What's going to happen? Tell me, tell me, I need to know the good and the bad. I need to know what's going to happen, but the Alzheimer's association is an absolutely amazing resource. And um, I really I, I wish I could tell people just be patient, just be patient with them. They don't, they don't mean to be fighting. My mother did not mean to call me Cleopatra. She kept saying, I know who you are, Cleopatra, and, <laughs> you know, so, and you have to find the humor. Sometimes there's things that are just funny. They do things that are funny. And uh, one day I asked a lady what her last name was. She goes, how the hell should I know? I've been married three times and God knows what they left me with. So, you know, there's, there's humor to be found if you look and it is an amazing world. It is an amazing, truly amazing world. And, um, I went to study at the center for, um, research and advancement in dementia. And I learned, that's where I learned about purpose. My mother spent hours cleaning a sink. And I said, Ma, why did you do that? Nobody cares about that sink. Instead, I should have said, that sink looks great. Thank you so much for doing that. Sure. Instead, I stole her purpose. And then I, I perpetuated the, the, the hatred of me because I wasn't appreciative that she cleaned my sink. So patience and humor and uh, learning. Well, I certainly appreciate that advice. And I'll keep leaning on you. <laughs> uh, as as things go along here. So uh, thanks for answering questions. Uh, this is the heavy stuff of the podcast, but we do want to get to know you even more with a couple of fun questions. So, okay. Uh, if you had a superpower, what would it be and why? I'd like to appear anywhere that I could because I would probably, you know, <laughs> I would just like to teleport places. There's a bunch of people sure. I would like sure. to see. And I, if I could just teleport to Connecticut or Italy, I could see them. So that would be my superpower. You, you, you could also sell so many apartments for us and do outreach all at the same time if you could teleport like that. That'd I'd be love incredible it. for us. So, <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve? Toenails. Like people picking their toenails. That's, <laughs> I don't really, I'm really, I don't really have a whole lot of pet peeves, but like toenail clipping would be. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that's a pretty gross one. I, I can't disagree with that one. Are you a glass half full or glass half empty type of person? Half full. There's always room for more. 
We have adopted children. We have rescue pets. We have uh, hospice animals. There's always room for one more. So my glass is always half full. Tell us a little bit about these pets. Uh, how many pets do you have? And <laughs> what are their names? I have a giant sulcata tortoise that weighs about 50 pounds. She lives outside and it's actually a boy. I was hoping it was a female, but her name is Grandma Paul and she lives outside in a she shed. <laughs> and then I have Sora, who's a border collie, uh, Corgi, Maggie, who's a rescue, Seven, who's uh, a hospice dog, Frank, who's a rescue and a hospice dog. Uh, Finn, who's a corgi, and then I have two Persian cats, three, two outside cats, and uh, Gus, who's a Maine Coon, along with other fish and lizards and stuff. But there's always room for one more. Like no, yeah, it's like Noah's Ark over there. It's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It very I, much I, I is like pets, Noah's Ark. I can see him running around a little bit behind you there. I didn't get turtle, though. So oh, that, no, that's the, the tortoise impressive. is outside. Afra did get to see the tortoise when I interviewed for the position. <laughs> well, when I schedule that visit to come see you uh, in February, I want to see the tortoise. So oh. uh, we'll have to make that part of the time. All right. All right. So what's something most people don't know about you other than this, this fascinating animal obsession? What, what's something else people don't know about you? Well, most of the people who know me, I'm pretty I'm a pretty open book. But one of my favorite things is I've known my husband since fifth grade. He is. Wow. I know. He's my best okay. friend. We've been together. 33 years, I think, in August. And that's wow. Is that right? Yep. <laughs> that's right. It's another thing that connects me to families because I, the generation that we serve in the memory care industry, they've been together 60, 70 years. And um, I understand that. I understand that kind of love. I actually got a phone call yesterday from a husband of a lady that I moved in to our um, community in um, Kaiser, and he wanted to call and check on me because he knew I wasn't feeling well. So he called to just double check. And I told him that my husband was ill as well. So I love that. I love that I've known him for that long. That's my favorite little piece of trivia. That is, that's incredible. Yeah, I, I feel like I've known my wife forever, and it's been 14 years, so <laughs> 33, that's a long time. It's amazing to be in love with your best friend. Well, I hope my wife still feels that way in 33 years. I'll get back to you, but Jessica, okay. if you're listening, I, I sure hope so. So, All right, uh, last two questions for you here. So you're handed a ticket in a bag. You can go anywhere you want. I assume you're bringing your husband with you. Where are you headed? Why are you headed there? Uh, um, where, Italy. where are you taking your Italy. travels? Italy, Multipucciano. If we, it's our, that was our very first big, big trip together. Um, couple just before COVID hit. Um, and we went to Italy and it was amazing. I have never been more angry that I wasn't born Italian because I, I, I would have moved there in a heartbeat. All he would have to say to me is let's go, let's sell everything and go. And I would go except for I have six grandkids. So it doesn't make it that easy to go, but I, I'm going to Italy for sure. That's incredible. And and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about the grandchildren. So tell me about, a little bit about your grandkids. My oldest is 13 and I think he's behind me. So I'm going to ask him to go put the cat out who's crying in the back. So my oldest is 13. His name is Ryan. And I, uh, you can see him walking out the door there. He truly is just an a, an angel. I love him. And then there's Ava, 
And then there's River. River had a heart, was born with a heart defect and had nine hours of open heart surgery when he was born. He's up at the hospital now getting his uh, CAT scan of his heart. He's six now and he's, he's doing just fine. And then there's Vera, Vera Lynn, who is 12 and taller than me and Bradley and Braden. Wow. Holidays must be fun over there. Yeah, there's a lot of bees. Bradley, Braden, Bray, Bray, yeah, Ava, Vera. <laughs> there's a lot of yeah, bees and A's. <laughs> bees and A's. That's awesome. All right. Last question for you, Samantha. Uh, here at Abmere, we consider our residents family. What does family mean to you? I have learned over the years that family is not just the people that you are born within your life. Family are the people that you go to day in and day out, and you can count on day in and day out. And the family at Avamere, you know, I just talked to Ann, our receptionist. I, I called in to check in and see how everybody was doing. And, you know, she was more concerned about me and how I was feeling. And it just is that feeling of, I can go to that person and they're going to be there for me. And I feel that way um, about everybody at Avamere. I'm such an open book and I, I want I want to feel like everybody wants to come to my house and have dinner. I just love all the people that I work with and I'm very thankful to be here. Thank you for joining us here. This is awesome stories and really great to get to know you uh, and share with everybody. And also just a pure appreciation for what you're doing uh, at the Arbor. Uh, You've worked tremendously hard and these are really challenging times, really challenging times to move people in and, you know, COVID has definitely made our, yeah. turned our world upside down and, and you've navigated that extremely well. So really proud of you and, and thankful that you're part of this team. But also thank you for joining us uh, on the podcast today. Oh, you're more than welcome. And I'm, I'm very, I agree completely. I never thought when they said, you know, COVID and the restrictions, I never thought that it would affect my life as much as it has. And it's been Um, a mission of mine to help families stay connected to their loved ones who are in a community. And, you know, sometimes you don't have access to them. So it's, I love to do these podcasts or video chats with families because it still makes them feel connected. Well, you're doing a great job and and thank you for all you're doing and uh, go take care of those animals and grandkids over there and feel (laughs) better. Okay. Thank you, Thomas. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the people of Admir Pod. Find us on your favorite podcast platform and follow your local Admir community on Facebook to keep listening in.